This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And in this episode, I want to share something that is probably pretty familiar to uh, most of us. It's Psalm 23. And this is a psalm that has been used to bring comfort, to bring the reminder of how um, how I'm wanting to think of the right word to say this, but how close and how intimate of a relationship God wants with his people. And so what it is, David, who was a shepherd for a portion of his life before he became uh, involved in kind of the politics and became, you know, famous for killing Goliath and then eventually became king. He spent his formative years, I guess you could call it, as a shepherd. And so he experienced, you know, before he went and fought Goliath, he was kind of famous for saying, hey, I don't need all this armor and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I've been defending my sheep for a while, so I know how to defend myself. I've had to fight off I forget what it is that he said, a lion and a bear, maybe, uh, something like that. And he's like, I, I know what it is to defend myself and my sheep. And he learned that as a shepherd. And so the way Psalm 23 starts, he writes, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And what I want to do is I want to just read the whole passage first But I wanted to highlight that first line because David is writing from the perspective of having been a shepherd. And as I read through this, I want you to have in mind that a shepherd's relationship to the sheep is the sheep are supremely dependent on the shepherd. So the shepherd has to be the provider the guide, the defender, the healer, the leader, the, you know, pretty much everything that the sheep need. So I want you, as I read through this, to have that perspective in mind, that David is saying this role that I've played before for these sheep, that's the role that God is playing in my life. And then even though it's a really familiar passage for many of us, I want to go through and highlight a few of the things, some of the things that, um, you know, maybe you didn't know. I spent, I forget what, maybe my junior year, sophomore year, I don't remember. Uh, I took a class in college that was entirely about the book of Psalms. And so we read through the book of Psalms for, um, I forget if it was two or three times, and gave kind of an overview and a title and a synopsis of each of the Psalms. And then we really dug in depth on a few of them. And so after I read through this, I want to go back and highlight a few of these sections in here where I learned some things as we dug into Psalm 23 
that even though I had heard it talked about before and even though, you know, I had it memorized-ish, you know, I maybe won't get exactly the right words, but more or less, I know Psalm 23. And a few of the things that in those classes really jumped out and were really highlighted as things that we wouldn't naturally get, as things that we would maybe read through and go, okay, yeah, that sounds cool, but there's a little more depth to it. And so that's what I want to do. I want to break down in this episode some of the things from Psalm 23 that maybe sound like, you know, nice ideas and talk about a little bit more what's going on behind the scenes there. So with all that, I just want to read through Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And, you know, it's my hope that as we listen to and read through that passage with particularly this thought in mind of David, the former shepherd, writing this, or, you know, I don't know, maybe he wrote some of these psalms while he was still a shepherd. I I don't know. Writing this and thinking about his relationship to sheep and saying, that's what God is like to me. Because like I mentioned before, the, the sheep are entirely dependent on the shepherd. Sheep, you know, I, in this class that I, this college class that I mentioned, um, one of the kids in the class, and so he's, you know, it's a 20, 22-year-old guy that's talking about what it was like to grow up on a, I don't know that he lived on a farm, but they had some sheep. So I guess, you know, in my perspective, that's, if you have sheep, that's a farm, but probably someone that lives on an actual farm would say, eh, just the presence of sheep doesn't make it that, but whatever. So this, this guy, he grew up with sheep and he talked about how sheep, apart from guidance, apart from uh, your provision and protection and all these things and you're leading them and guiding them, they really wouldn't be able to do a whole lot of anything. He said sheep were really pretty dumb animals. Now, that's not the comparison, obviously, that David is drawing out here and saying, hey, people are really stupid and God cares about us. That's not what he's saying. But he's making this connection of the way that I have to care for my sheep, the way that I have to make sure that all their needs are met, 
the way that I have to think through things to provide and protect them, things that they wouldn't think of, things that they would be incapable of thinking of or accomplishing on their own, that's the kind of connection that he's making here, saying the Lord is my shepherd. And when he talks about um, making the sheep lie down in green pastures or what God does for us, leading us beside quiet waters, those two things are pictures of uh, what it takes to get a sheep to be able to relax and feel calm and feel at, at rest because sheep are really, really skittish. If they hear anything, if they, I don't know, maybe smell, I'm not sure, smell anything, see anything, sense anything is off, they're not going to lie down. And that's the line that we know, right? He makes me lie down in green pastures. And so David is, is painting this picture of God providing this place, this green pasture that is so peaceful, that is so the exact right condition for a sheep that normally would be jarred and disturbed by every little sight, every little sound, every little smell. You know, when I, when I was thinking about this passage, I think it was last week, I thought of, I thought of my dog because he freaks out. If he hears anything, if he thinks he hears anything, if he senses there's a dog in the, in the yard next door to ours, out through the fence, he can't even see it, but he can smell it or hear it. He just freaks out. He's always like super attentive. And this is, I think, a pretty close parallel to what a sheep is because it's just a nervous animal because, as you can imagine, not a whole lot of things a sheep can do to defend itself. And so they have to be super vigilant if they want to survive. So David is describing that getting a sheep to lie down is no small feat. It's getting them to a place where they feel comfortable and confident. They feel taken care of. They feel their anxiety, their skittishness, their whatever you want to call that is settled and they lie down. He says he leads me beside quiet waters. Uh, Sheep, again, they're so skittish, they're so afraid that if the water is moving, if there are kind of some waves, then they get freaked out by that. They need, like the psalm says, quiet waters, still waters, water that isn't going to startle them because there's movement or there's noise or there's whatever. And so David is describing here of what it looks like when God leads us to the perfect conditions. Now, as we get later into the passage, you know, the version that I read didn't describe it as the valley of the shadow of death. It described it as 
uh, walking through the darkest valley. But I don't think it's any accident or coincidence that it's, so let's see, verse 2 is talking about green pastures and quiet waters. Verse 4 is talking about the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death. And so David isn't saying, God, since you've got me, um, my life is basically just lounging around, you know, the way we would describe it. You know, I've got my feet up and I'm chilling at the beach and I'm just enjoying life. I don't have a care in the world. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying there are times where God gets me to this place where the circumstances of life are not creating havoc around me or in me. And in those moments, uh, God is creating this place for me where, you know, he describes it, he refreshes my soul. And he says he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. That's interesting, I think, especially for us in our 21st century context because, you know, to think of doing something for someone else's sake, we definitely can think in those terms, but I don't think for most of us, I don't think that that's our natural way to think. When I sit down and make up my life plan, which I don't really do if I'm totally honest. But if I were to sit and go, okay, what's my 20 year plan? I'm not going to be thinking as much if I'm totally honest about, hey, what am I going to be doing in this 20 year span for his namesake? I mean, I definitely would have maybe five or six categories of things that would be a big priority for me over the course of my life. And one of those things definitely would be my relationship with God. But it would be one of those five or six things. It wouldn't be the reason that I'm thinking of as I'm living out every day of my life. And, you know, I'm just being honest right there when I'm saying that. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying this is what your life should look like. What I'm saying is this reminds me that I need to be a whole lot more focused as I'm going along, like David says, the right paths that it's for his namesake. So often we make our plan, or if you're like me, you don't really make much of a plan. And we realize, yeah, yeah, God's part of the mix. He's one of the ingredients in here as I'm living or planning my life. Um, But I think David's reminding us right here that we're walking. He's leading us along these paths for his namesake. And he goes on, even though I walk through the darkest valley or through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now, I don't know if you noticed this transition here. In the first few verses, David says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside. He refreshes my soul. He guides me. And then as soon as he starts talking about being in the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now, isn't that interesting that when things are going smooth, when life kind of feels like, hey, I'm in this peaceful spot, I'm in this place where things kind of feel a little bit calm right now and life feels manageable. When we're in that spot, it's easy for us to talk about God. And then just like David makes this transition here, when we find ourselves in the tough spots, the valley of the shadow of death, the darkest valley, we transition from talking about God to talking to God. You are with me. No longer he does this. You, God, you. I'm dialed in and I'm aware on a whole different level of my need for you. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, he says, they comfort me. And a shepherd would a shepherd would have a rod and a staff. These were the two tools. The rod, you can imagine that sounds kind of like what you'd think, almost like a club, and that's what it was. That was the tool for defense. So that would have been when David talked about fighting off these wild animals. That's where the rod comes in. You need to have this little club that you can defend whatever comes and attacks your sheep. Because, and this is one of the stories that came out of that class that I was in, that this, you know, 20, 22-year-old guy that grew up on a farm, he described a sheep who, um, it had stuck its head through two slats in a fence and there was a dog on the other side that was attacking it. And the sheep couldn't figure out that if it just backed up, it would get unstuck and it could get away from this dog. So you get the rod, the club, knowing the shepherd is with me. It's got this, you know, he has got this club and he's defending me from attackers, which David would have actually lived out his rod, his club, and your staff. The staff is uh, what we really kind of think of when we think of a shepherd. We think of that little candy cane looking, um, you know, staff (laughs) that they would carry. And it's got that little hook shape on the end of it so that if the sheep were to fall down into some, you know, crevice or if it would have you know, start to get off of the path, the shepherd, instead of having to get off into this terrain himself, 
would be able to reach out with that little crooked staff and grab the sheep up from where it had found itself. And those two tools are the tools that a shepherd uses to protect and to care for his flock. David saying, God, you're, you're here. You're with me. You defend me. You um, pull me out of the garbage situations that I sometimes create on my own and that I sometimes just kind of fall into. And then he talks about you describe, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And then he says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This idea, the beginning of that verse, verse 6, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. That line right there, a better way to understand when it's translated as follow me is chase after me, cling to me, stick to me. He's saying surely your goodness and love are going to be chasing after me, are going to be pursuing me all the days of my life. And I love that as an ending to this chapter, to this psalm, where David is talking about this intimate relationship that God has with his people, the same intimate relationship that David had with his sheep, where he would know, you know, I don't, I don't know how many sheep he would have in his flock, but you can imagine that he's got a sense of which ones out there are going to be the ones that are kind of going to be most likely to go wander off on their own or most likely to create a little conflict between themselves and another sheep. And he knows this is a really intimate relationship. And surely God's goodness and love is going to chase after me, is going to pursue me, is going to stick to me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I just wanted to highlight from this passage some of those things that, like I said, even if we've got this passage memorized and we've read through it a whole bunch of times, I'm guessing that a few of those things were maybe brand new or maybe pretty new, a good reminder of something that you weren't all that familiar with about a relationship maybe between a sheep and a shepherd, um, about this parallel that David is drawing between his experience in life in the past and what he's experiencing now in his relationship with God. That is the level of care, the level of closeness, the level of intimacy 
that God wants with us. And it's really easy to get so busy that we miss that, to get so, um, I guess, self-determined that we miss that and think, no, I make me lie down in green pastures. I provide the quiet water. I refresh my own soul, right? I mean, if we're honest, we try to do that. It doesn't work. We know it doesn't work. But if we were quoting this verse in an honest way, some of us would say, yeah, that that probably is more the Psalm 23 that if I sat down and wrote out what I actually do, maybe it would look a lot more like that. And the reminder from this chapter, from Psalm 23, is that God is ready and willing to have this deep, close, intimate relationship with us and also for us to know that that doesn't mean that we're always going to be in the green pastures of life. There's going to be the darkest valley moments, the valley of the shadow of death moments, where it's interesting, it's the shadow of death. So it's not, it's not death, right? It's not quite death, but it feels real close. And no matter if we're in the high highs or the low lows of life, I love that David talks about how in both of those moments, God is with us. It's really easy to celebrate that when things are going good. And it's really easy to question that when things are going really tough or really, I have no idea what's going to happen next. To know that God is with us. The Lord is my shepherd. It's an amazing reminder. And it's, it's something that, you know, not a lot of us have probably had experience one-on-one other than at like a petting zoo or something with sheep. But David did. And this is what he walked away knowing, that the way I cared for and protected and defended and healed and led and provided for these sheep, that's the kind of relationship that God has with his people. It's a a wonderful, overwhelming idea to think about how deep his love is for us. And what I want to encourage you to do, you know, I like to kind of end with talking about, okay, now let's go live that out. Well, this one is more, let's go allow God to speak that love over us. Let's go and allow the truth of how deeply God cares for us to get into us, to penetrate our hearts, and to impact the way that we live life going forward.